Welcome back to Trending in Education. Mike Palmer here, happy to be joined by my co-host and uh, partner in learning, Brandon Jones. Brandon, how are you? I'm well and happy to be joining you. Yeah, it's a, it's a learning partner. It's a fun time uh, to be in the learning space and it's a fun time to be in the futurist, what's going on in the world space. And uh, to that end, uh, we and our listeners are all in, t- in for a treat. Because it's it's Meeker Report time. Meeker time. It's Meeker time. Happy Meeker, happy Meeker time, Meeker season. Yeah, absolutely. Same to you. Meeker day happened already. A very happy Meeker, Meeker mass to I, you. I think Meeker mass might have been June 11th this year. So I think I think, right. I think it's all part of the Recode uh, conference. For those of you who have been on the YouTube, uh, catching up on the Recode conference, they do a wonderful job of sharing a bunch of presentations, uh, a lot of, if you like Kara Swisher, you like, uh, I'm, I'm becoming more of a Scott Galloway fan, um, Peter Kafka, all the Recode folks are doing a bunch of interviews. And uh, one of the sessions that's part of the, the Recode conference is Mary Meeker's annual report. And uh, we've covered it, uh, is it two years running? This is the third time? Oh, this is the third time. Yeah, and um, Internet Trends Report, uh, I believe she's been doing it. It's got to be uh, upwards of 10 years now, right? Like she's been, I don't know when she started. Yeah, I think she started in 1995, actually. Oh, that's upwards um, of 20 years. Yeah, that's uh, it's more more even than that. So Many uh, years. Many years. So she was with Kleiner Perkins for um, most of this past decade. Yes, she is no longer correct. The Meeker report went with her. The yes. eponymous uh, Mary Meeker yes. um, brought the Meeker report to her new uh, firm. It's a late stage venture firm, uh, Bond. I think it's called Bond. Bond with like the. It reminds me a little bit of the NBA. It's like she was like a max signing. You know, yeah. like, like Mary Meeker was up for renewal. I guess with Kleiner Perkins, and for whatever reason, she landed elsewhere. And what's interesting is she took her IP. And this report, so uh, from Mary Meeker, uh, was a strong, maybe even stronger play by her to hold on to this report, right? Because I think it, it preceded Kleiner Perkins, right? So she started it. Um, yes. I guess she was at she was at Morgan Stanley mm-hmm. or somewhere, um, 1995, and then started at Kleiner Perkins in 2011. Mm-hmm. I think that there's been as there's been more more of everything uh, that she's reported on, and just more global usage and money pouring yep. into uh, the internet, uh, which is what her report is on. Yes. Uh, global trends. Um, I think that it really over the last decade is when she's gotten a lot of action yes. on the Meek reports. So. And, it, and it was a big deal last year when she was leaving Kleiner Perkins because what was going to happen? Would, would Kleiner Perkins come back and do their internet trends report sans Meeker? Or were they going to do it uh, avec Meeker? Uh, or was Meeker going to do it on her own? Uh-huh. And uh, and I, she didn't do it entirely on her own, but, uh, but I would say uh, between the Code Conference, which is uh, they partner with Vox Media, they run their Code Conference every um, early, early, I guess, early summer, late spring. Um, and it's... Uh, I really would recommend to our listeners who are into uh, trend spotting, understand where the world is heading. Uh, there's a there's a wealth of content that they've released now on YouTube. So I was on my Apple TV over the weekend and I was just kind of binging on it. Um, but one of the things that they covered was uh, Mary Meeker's uh, legendary lightning round 
through, and this year I think it was 330 something slides. 334 slides. 334 slides. So slightly more than a third of a thousand. <laughs> yes. Ever so slightly Ever so, more. Just a scooch above a third of a thousand slides. <laughs> People uh, should start. I'm just getting off you for one second. People should start stay, saying that more often about yeah. the number 333 or four. Four. It's yeah, just slightly more than a third of a thousand. Yeah, and 333 slightly less than That's a true. third. That's right. right. So, uh, so both sides. But uh, but anyway, so she breezes too fast through too many slides, and she does all the bad learning science. Like she reads every, she reads a lot of words off of uh -huh. slides. All the things presenters are taught not to do. But this is like a bit. Like her lightning round has been a thing. It's amazing. Yeah. It's it's like amazing. Like I I would encourage our listeners to both read through the slides. In fact, while you're listening, uh, you know, you can go to uh the uh bond is where they have uh, a lot of her content. If you look up Mary Meeker, Internet Trends 2019, you'll find it. Um, we may refer to specific slides during our breakdown, um, but it's worth listening to this podcast while having the slides open and being able to browse them. Uh, I would also encourage folks to watch the lightning round. I think it wound up being like 33 minutes this year. Um, it's fun, you know, because like it's also my biggest takeaway and we're, we're, we'll evolve into the takeaway yeah. and the conversation part of the show. But my biggest takeaway, two takeaways, one is education is front and center in the Mika report, whether you noticed it or not. So like media and education is like, I don't know, relevant to say two thirds or more of the slides that you look at, if, if not really like a hundred percent of what's in here. So education increasingly, I think, uh, achieving some prominence in the Mika report and then I think the second take is that we're all drinking from the fire hose all the time right now. I think and, there is even a fire hose drinking slide. Yeah. And like, to me, if I, if I came away with one uh, memory palace image, it's like trying to drink from like a high velocity, like many pounds perception, pr uh, pressure and the perception, forget about it. <laughs> but many pounds of pressure fire hose is, the reality that all humans will be living in uh, really for the, the duration of our species from this point forward. That's a, that's a big, bold, hot take. I like that. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I got. I think that the, um, the slide I was referring to also, it's, it's actually not a fire hose. I think someone's drinking from a fire hydrant. Correct. People don't say it's like, it's like drinking from a fire <laughs> hydrant. People don't say that. But, it's like a hot day in the Bronx. Right. But imagine, and, uh, imagine you know, the fire hose. Yeah. The fire hydrant is actually maybe a, even a better metaphor because the fire hose is more directed. Mm -hmm. I feel like when, when you got the, when the fire, the fire hydrants got its spray on, it's oh going like all over the place. Powerful. Yeah. And uh, that's basically the idea is that there's this powerful feed of information about the internet. Mary Meeker and her team do an amazing job literally consolidating that into 334 slides. Yeah. And then expect you to, to be able to digest uh, a cursory scan through it in 33 minutes right and, and we're gonna do even better since we're we're probably gonna spend another half hour so uh, yeah listeners you can see how much time is left on your pod and in that time we're gonna give you a cursory review of the slides that uh mary meeker did a lightning round through so yes. um yes before we get in just just a couple other notes on the uh on the slides so I, I was looking as I was reading through the report, um, there's this, this Crunchbase article mm. that also lists the number of slides in the Meeker report by year. Yes. Ooh, 
Okay. So 334 is the second most ever. All right. Uh, 2017 report at 355. Sure. Who can can forget 2017? Was the topper. That 355 grew from a then previous high in 2016 of 213. Yeah. So in 2017, you know, back to like her contract is up. She's like, I'm bringing it. Right. By 2018, she probably knows what's going on. She's like, going to exit. And then 2019, she's back to adding more. Right. But although if I were Mary, Mary, if you're listening, Mary, by the way, Mary Meeker uh, may be a listener. Yeah, probably. Why wouldn't she be? Why would She should. Listen up. Open up your learn holes, Mary, because it's coming at you. But uh, I'd say more time builds. More like a slide for each (laughs) bullet point. And then I think she, before you know it, she's at 500. That's true. And then like all time, all time best. That's so right. like, I yeah. would say just, just go for it. Personal although, best. Although it is interesting that it is very PowerPointy. So like the fact that she started this in 1995 makes sense in some ways, because I think the visual design is form factor hasn't changed. It still feels like a really, really good consulting slide from the late 90s. Yes. A consulting deck. Yes. So from those, the early 2000s, just the last point on these, these deck lengths, it's really been like, you know, we're talking about 334, 355 was her high watermark. In 2001 to 2010, she was at in like 50 slides yeah. per, per time. So, right. you know, again, I think that this is, um, there's probably some interest in her part in having more probably means more pickup and, you know, more for her to lightning through, but it's also, I think there's just more to talk about. Yeah. Right. Like the internet in 2001 was um, like a series. It was like blogs. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's what the, the, the World Wide web was. CompuServe and yeah, you know, you know I, like early stage uh, internet service providers. And, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so, you know, think about the internet in 2001 or 1995 when she, when she started this report, um, which it, that may have been an interesting decision even to do an internet trends report in, sure. in, in 1995. Yeah. Now, like that's, there's everything is online. Yeah, um, it, it, almost to the point that calling it an internet trends report feels dated. Right. Because like they do they start to nibble around the edges of the blockchain, which we've talked a little yep. bit about, uh, you know, recently, uh, Facebook, you know, just announced since the, since June 11th, since the Mika report was released, they've talked about their Libra currency that, that Facebook is about to launch. So like, if you were to think about the next wave, whether it's blockchain or artificial intelligence, there is another trend report, that uh, either Mary Meeker or someone else will pick up, which will probably be more than the internet. Um, but there is a sense of uh, need for institutions that have been tracking stuff over a long period of time. And Mary Meeker is that. And then uh, every year you get a ton of insight from this report. And uh, to fully disclaim this, we have no ties to Mary Meeker or uh, that I'm aware of. Uh, Other than she's a listener. We, she's obviously a listener. Yeah, Mary, but, we're talking to you. But like uh, whether it's Kleiner Perkins or now she's at Bond, um, this is more or, or even uh, the Code Conference. Uh, no, no official affiliations with us uh, as of now. Although, hey, come at us, you know, talk to talk to us, uh, Code Conference, because they do really interesting work. But um, but yeah, I, I would say, you know, I think it's slide 157. I was able to locate it is the. It's a very urban slide of uh, a kid. Looks like it's a hot day in August in an inner city somewhere. There's a fire hydrant that's uh, that's on full blast, and uh, 
it's important to stay hydrated. So uh, as much as things change uh, between 1995 and now, hydration is still important. It's true. And, uh, method. and sometimes you have to drink from the fire hose. So, uh, so get ready, gear up, open up your uh, Mika report. We'll refer to, in a, to a slide or two along the way. And uh, welcome to drinking from uh, the, the data fire hose, the complexity of modern life. Lots going on in here. Uh, Brandon, any, uh, any initial areas within uh, the, the oeuvre that is the zeitgeisty oeuvre that is the Mika report? Anything uh, jumping out at you in terms of first takes? Yeah, so I think um, it's early in the report and I think appropriately context setting. So um, uh, access and penetration mm -hmm. and usage. I think those, those are really interesting things for me just to, again, set sort of what we're talking about. Um, so internet penetration, yes. just if, if you start there, yes. 2019 is an important year in reporting on 2018. And most of this is 2018 reporting, mm -hmm. um, 2018 data, some of it's 2017 data, but, yep. uh, from this report, this is the first time that over 50% of the world is online. Yes. Welcome. Yeah. I think that's like, that's a pretty big deal. I'm surprised that more of a big deal isn't actually being made of that. Yes. We as humans like round numbers yeah. and like attaching meaning to things. It's mm -hmm. just, you know, 51 is only 2% more than 49, but it's, it's more in a way. So mm -hmm. you've got 3.8 billion global internet users. This is from slide nine. Right. Um, and that's more than 50% of the population. And I think that's, as you think about that, and obviously there's going to be, you know, getting from 50 to 60 to 70, 80 to 90, there's going to probably be a dampening of that curve, mm -hmm. that growth curve. But um, the world is really online. And, mm -hmm. uh, and I think that's, uh, that's interesting. Um, just, just real quick yeah. on that too, that slide is pretty linear from uh, tracking at least back to 2009. There's a, a pretty like stable growth trend there from 24% in 2009 to 51% in 2018. And uh, interestingly, and I think you were touching on this a little bit, is that that growth is slowing. So the first 49% was easier to get than the remaining 49%. Uh, and we just tipped, it's like the whole tipping point idea. We've tipped in two ways. Like now more than half the world is on the internet and now the the function that is internet penetration is beginning to slow so both those things this slide was another one i wanted to come to slide slide uh nine really within the report is um a very simple slide but a big idea and especially if you look at the trend over the last 10 years uh it is an interesting one to see that we're now more than 50 percent which is you know an awesome thing to think about uh, and then trying to understand what the remaining 49% will look like relative to continued development against the 51%. You know, the haves and the have-nots is now 51, 49, have versus have-not. I think that sets up an interesting state of play for the next 10 years. Yeah, and, and I think also where those states, as it were, are. Um, that's just on slide 10. Mm -hmm. So the... Um, Internet users by region, where region is, is uh, described as you know, Asia Pacific, Europe, Africa, Middle East, uh, Latin and Caribbean, North America. So um, you're contrasting APAC, Asia Pacific, with North America for a second. So right. Asia Pacific has 53% of global internet users, which is incredible, mm -hmm. but only 48% internet user penetration. Right. Versus North America, which has only 9% 
of global internet users and but 89% penetration. Right. So just a, another reminder, and I, I, I imagine, I know we've got a worldwide uh, audience here, but I think that we're pretty US centric in sure. our listenership. Right. It's a big world out there. And, and for folks who aren't sort of woke to that, like the, the next 10, 20, 50 years is going to be much more about what's out there than what's, what's here. Yes. And, uh, and I think both of those numbers for Asia Pacific, for example, are very interesting that they are such a today uh, consumer of, of the internet and that there is so much growth there. Yeah. Um, it's like when we were looking at the Holland IQ report, which mm. you, know, you can go back and listen to that yes. in the back catalog. Yes. Um, you know, the, the top five economies as consumers of education, China, India, not surprisingly, but Nigeria, Indonesia, mm-hmm. you know, like there, there are some places that your average U.S. based U.S. centric listener mm-hmm. or just person of the world may not be thinking about. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's really important and that's a, a lens that I think you should listen to the rest of this episode and read through the Mika report and, you know, check out um, what's available online about the Mika report through that lens. This, yeah. is, this is a global thing. Yeah. And, and I think to that point, uh, you know, we've talked a bit, uh, you know, Malcolm Gladwell's revisionist history, great podcast. Uh, there's one show where he talks about strong links versus weak links in education uh, you know, the way I read this is North America will continue to be a strong link. Like we will be a place with close to a hundred percent penetration. Like our, our, our population will be wired. They'll be online and there'll be some opportunities to innovate and be at the cutting edge around what's emerging. Uh, probably the most spend if we're thinking about educational spend like people will spend more of their time more of their resources on online education north america as a percentage per capita than probably anywhere else because it's so heavily saturated and the adoption's been there a long time but if you think about the opportunity and the return on capital which is a one of the reasons why many of us are very interested in the mika report the fact that asia pacific is already a huge driver of internet activity today and that they have huge growth potential in the next uh, the next phase of adoption, that 49%, the majority of that 49% is in uh, Asia Pacific uh, and then Africa, like even more so in terms of the upper opportunity there where like there's even less of a percentage who have adopted the internet. Um, I think that's fascinating uh, and particularly fascinating when you think about how this relates to education and um, good job by Mary Meeker and her team in that education does become uh, like an increasing theme to the point that it's actually an area of focus towards the end of the report. But if you do think about these emerging populations in uh, Asia Pacific and Africa, who are those arguably most in need of an advantage through uh, being upskilled and uh, sort of provided access to information and education. Um, It does set up for a pretty interesting um, phase that we're entering into. And I still think it will be a bit of a trickle down. Like I think a lot of the the cutting edge innovation will likely happen in North America where you already have that uh, penetration, maybe in cultures like uh, South Africa, sorry, South, uh, South Korea in particular. Uh, where like the the adoption of technology, the internet, getting things online is 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 very uh, sort of the standard. You'll likely see the innovation begin there, and then quickly find its growth outside. So uh, those of our listeners who are U.S. domestic in your focus, 
um, as you think about the future of work and your own um, relevance uh, career-wise and impact on the world, you know, it's almost like what you learn in North America then will need to quickly be applied to uh, Asia Pacific, uh, Africa and the Middle East. And I, I think that reminds me of, uh, you know, the whole NIQ uh, report where we'll figure out the right timing of the release of these two things. They go well together. But, um, you know, the idea of regions rising and mm -hmm. that uh, sort of like the, we'll be thinking a lot about the urban centers and like Silicon Valley and, uh, you know, the East Coast of the U.S. and the major major cities of the world. But a lot of what will be rising will be uh, outside of those sort of big areas. And um, I thought this is the first time I saw the term splinternet. Um, but I thought that was another interesting idea that like the way people experience the internet is very different depending on where they are in the world. Um, and I thought that was another uh, interesting theme. And um, all of these as they relate to education, I think is, is, is really fascinating. It's, it's why, uh, you know, I think we take pride in being a podcast that talks about the consumer electronics show and the Gartner hype, hype cycle and the Mika report specifically from a learning and education lens. Um, I don't know if you have any initial thoughts on that, Brandon, too, just as we start, you know, she kind of drills in, goes more top level yep. internet trends and then drills into more specific areas of interest. As an education podcast, as someone who's thinking about the future of learning and education, uh, what what themes, what, what's most relevant? What's bubbling up to the top? Yeah, so I, I mean, I, I started global, but I, I want to take us, and I think there is an education lens to look at through the other things that I wanted to bring uh, up here, still sort of at the top. Yeah, um, yeah. One is on slide 41, uh, which is the digital media usage. So um, this is uh, the population here is adult users in the US. We are now using uh, digital media 6.3 hours a day, mm -hmm. which contrasted to 2.7 hours in 2008. I think that's incredible. I think there's education applications of this too, sort yeah. of obviously. Sure. Um, but uh, both in, if you're gonna be getting to educating, you're going to have to do it through these 6.3 hours. Yes. Right. Cause there's not a lot of hours left. If you're assuming like uh, said nine hours of between sleeping and eating and commuting, uh, yeah. maybe it's more, right. You know that, and, and seven, eight, nine, 10, 11 hours of working or schooling or like there's, there's not a lot of hours left outside of the 6.3 hours Totally. That are digital media now. Obviously, Although hip, double dipping. Hip, hypnopedia, right? Like learning while you sleep. Yeah. Like that, that's, that, Didn't that's make an the idea. Report this but that's year, an but idea whose time has come. Because like if you want to add more hours to your you 24, you're losing, Meeker, say, like Meeker five 20, to eight 20. a day. Yeah, yeah. But in, so in these 6.3 hours, the explosive growth in terms of usage, not surprisingly, has come from mobile. So yes. uh, we are now averaging 3.6 hours a day. Mm-hmm on our mobile device. And I know Mike, you've talked about like the screen time yep. in the, the, in the native iPhone sure. um, service. Yep. People are becoming aware. I think it'll be interesting as you look at the, over the next 10 years, does that 3.6 uh, hours a day, which has gone up from in 2008, 0.3 hours a day. Mm -hmm. So that's incredible in, in a decade, that's more than 10 X growth. Mm -hmm. Does that go to uh, four, five, six, 
three, two, like what, what happens over the next decade and yeah. what's the educational implications for that? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's, that's a, a really interesting one. Yeah. And that one's also interesting in that other, you know, so like the three categories are mobile desktop, laptop, and other connected devices. Desktop laptop is declining slightly. Uh, mobile is growing and now beginning to see interesting growth. And I think there'll be an interesting tension between growth of mobile daily hours spent and other daily hours spent. Um, The growth is probably not going to come through desktop laptop. It's probably going to come through mobile and other. Yep. And then how does that split Uh, will be interesting. Same thing for learning where I think we both talked a little bit about, um, you know, watching a Coursera course on my television is something that's an increasingly natural mode. Uh, Same thing for YouTube. Like, Maybe I'm watching it on my TV yeah. uh, or maybe I'm listening to digital media content in my car. Those trends are going to uh, continue. And I think as we see more of the pushback against screen time, particularly uh, mobile phone screen time, I think we will see increased uh, other. uh, And then also that's where new categories of consumption will emerge. So if you look at, you know, the 0.3, um, hours spent on mobile in 2009. Uh, that was because it was new and is emerging, and that's when it was 0.2 hours of other. Um, if anything, like that's where new categories of consumption are going to emerge, and will people want to learn through those consumption modes? I would think yes. And, yeah. And how do you design for that? Yeah. So to build on that, so um, or to pick up on a couple things you said in terms of watching a Coursera course on your TV or through YouTube. Uh, on slide 48, I thought that was an interesting slide of the, the video watching daily minutes. This is in the US. So over a 10, almost 10 year period, mm-hmm. the total number of minutes is about the same, mm-hmm. actually. Yep. But a, a sub- substantial, significant trade-off between TV, mm-hmm. which is still the majority, it looks like about 72%. Um, and the and um, uh, digital, uh, making air quotes, uh, digital meaning, I presumably internet, mobile delivered, right? Um, at twenty eight percent, that's gone from four percent to twenty eight percent. You combine that with slide forty seven, which is talking about uh, the the percentage of internet users using these platforms more than once per day. Yep. Um, YouTube now up to twenty seven percent. So. You know, when we think about, and this is um, global giants, I think was another one of yes. the, the trends. Um, Hold on, yeah. Something like uh, uh, YouTube mm-hmm. is going to be the place that smart educational outfits, either Google itself through its YouTube platform or smart educational outfits, maybe such as Kaplan or others, leveraging the power of YouTube and the, um, the viral nature of video there. Uh, that's going to have to be more and more education is going to have to be delivered that way. And I think yep. there is a question, which this isn't in the, the purview of the Mika report, but is what works? You know, like we, we talked about in a pod recently, um, all of these are ghosts of pod pass, pods pass, but we talked in the pod recently about um, the, it, the Italian study of Twitter yep. users uh, um, trying to learn about a novel versus more traditional methods, apply that same kind of construct to YouTube learners as compared to like traditional 
instructional, teacher-led learners. Um, we're, that's a big thing that we're gonna have to grapple with. If more and more content is being delivered, educational content is being delivered through video and through platforms such as YouTube, like who's really focused on the outcomes? Like who's mm-hmm. really focused on, is it working? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, that's to me is one of the, one of the takeaways from this. Too. Yeah, definitely. And, and, and also there was another, there, I forget the exact slide number, but there was also talk about growth of short form video which is, I think is another trend. So yeah. like, I think increasingly people will, go in, will be going to platforms like YouTube or Facebook to get just-in-time learning on demand, like micro learning. Give me exactly what I need to know right now. And when you talk about the broader outcomes that we're seeking, frequently that requires more conceptual understanding, the ability to connect ideas. And that to me is the other opportunity that's emerging around how do you curate and organize this growing body of content that's accessible to everyone, you know, 51% and growing of the world? What's the best way to curate that experience for people who want to learn mm-hmm. when we're all drinking from the data firehose? Like we're all inundated with so much information. I mean, honestly, it's part of the mission of this show, I think, is to help people realize you can relax a little bit, like we're all figuring it out together. And this is a conversation where we're trying to figure it out. But I think that is indicative of a bigger opportunity to provide new ways to filter and understand this uh, deluge of inputs that, uh, that frankly, I mean, I think we talked about it before we did the the Holden IQ show. Like, I just read this really interesting, Holden IQ, if you haven't seen it yet, uh, Holden IQ did this Education 2020 report, which I think is beautiful to pair with the Meeker report in terms of trying to get a read on where the world is heading. But I consumed them both from the fire hose, like within minutes of each other. And uh, I kind of needed a nap uh, or some kind of medication (laughs) after I was done. And like, it's almost like you need to lean into that experience of being overwhelmed. Sure. Because we all are sharing it. And like even the, the, the luminaries, Mary Meeker is saying she's having a hard time keeping up. Yeah. And like, I think that's like, you both have to accept that and then still realize you have a voice, you have a role to play. And um, I think that's, that's interesting because that gets more to the emotional, like motivational side of this. Like, don't lean out, lean in. And when right. you're confused, like consume more, not less. Yeah. And I, th- I think that um, you touched on this. I think that curation sort of as a service mm-hmm. is going to become a real commercial opportunity for some. Sure. Um, social good opportunity for others. Yeah. You, those two things don't have to or be both. exclusive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but you imagine like there's, there exists today already far, 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 far more content than any human could consume in her lifetime. Yes. I think that we're probably reaching a point with uh, AI, machine learning generated content, that there is more content that's being produced in any given year than all of the humans alive at any moment Mm -hmm. could consume in their entire lifetimes. Yeah. Like if if we all collectively as a planet, the 7 billion of us or whatever spent, said, you know, we're just going to try to consume all the content that's ever been produced I think we probably couldn't in the rest of the, if we said we're going to stop producing content. And so in a world where that's going to only be increasing, I think we're going to need to come up with some new, uh, new coping mechanisms to the emotional side and new filtering curation mm-hmm. systems. Um, an- another one I made is the last one on, on my list, but uh, slide 156, 
hopefully those of you who are listening actually can grab a hold of this report or pause this and go back because it's uh, it's the picture superiority effect. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's even, which, which they cover ex- yeah, extensively right. in here. Yeah. It's even better when we're talking about pictures that you just literally can't see. Um, but just to describe for a second, this one shows the uh, rate of technology change mapped against the rate of human adaptability. Uh, yeah, that's one. Which one is that? I was looking for that. Slide 156. And, yeah. and it's... Um, these are like, you know, sort of made up numbers probably or made up slopes. But uh, the point that, that this slide is making, and I think this is actually same as with the sort of the fire hose or fire hydrant mm-hmm. conversation that we were just having that Mary Meeker, as you said, is, is herself copying to, is we are at a point in human history and only recently so mm-hmm. where the rate of technology change the, the rate of change is outpacing the rate of human adaptability. Yes. And so, um, you know, humans are increasingly adaptable. That curve is up and to the right, but the t- technology um, uh, slope is much, much, much steeper up and yes. to the right. And at least as this slide purports, we have crossed the line of those two slopes. So we are now outpacing our ability to adapt with technology's ability to adapt. Right. So that, that I think is really important to think about as educators as global citizens, um, you know, as parents, I think there's, there's lots of different lenses you can look through and say, that's really interesting and that's really important. I think back to whether it's the social emotional learning piece, whether it's um, on uh, just thinking about the human components to this, uh, I think there's real opportunity, real need for us here. Yeah, and to me, that slide, again, just getting back to a good job by you because I was looking for it, uh, it's slide... 155 is that right 156 slide 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 156 um to me that does speak also to uh augmented humans you know so the idea that i'm i am listening to yuval harari's book homo deus so i've talked about his book called sapiens which was great about like sort of the history of homo sapiens and then he wrote another book called homo deus which is more how humans start to uh, blend with uh, technology and start hacking humanity. Um, this, if technology is outstripping uh, the pace of change for human adaptivity, that argues for human adaptability, human adaptivity accelerating. And that's why I think some of those emerging uh, capabilities are going to be interesting to look at. So like if technology is accelerating, you know, say two to three times faster than human adapt- adaptability, there will be increased interest in how do we make humans more adaptable? How do we accelerate our uh, learning curves? And uh, I think we'll all be thinking about that. Is that, you know, how much of that is a pure cognitive enhancement? How much of that is through, uh, through other means of technology, whether it's gen- genetic engineering or, uh, you know, human computer blending? You know, we talk about uh, Neuralink and uh, cyber prosthetics. Uh, even, um, you know, pharmaceuticals, are there ways in which humans will be able to enhance their ability to keep up with the accelerating technology revolution that we're in? Um, It's pretty heady stuff. Like, it it is interesting. And then how do you teach into this context? Because I think what these slides frequently don't uh, show is like the people who are choosing to opt out or the people who are arguing against leaning into further penetration, further adoption. Um, I think there was some reference to that, like the, 
the growing crisis of trust, which we've talked about, is something that does uh, show up a good deal in the show. Um, I don't know how you can do on time. I mean, like we're getting close. I think we should do another show. Yeah, I think it's yeah. worth it, actually, because yeah. there's, um, you know, it's, it's really on around the slide 233, I guess, is where the education slides start. Yes. So, yeah. you know, I think this is actually important framing for folks who haven't spent a lot of time with Mika Report yep. or haven't spent a lot of time thinking about yep. the context for all this. Obviously, we're an education show and, you know, we're, our education is near and dear to our hearts personally and professionally. Right. Um, but the backdrop for all of that, I think, is really important. I think if we just uh, dove head first into the fire hydrant hose, yes, uh, we we would have missed out on some of that important context. So uh, I think we, uh, you know, if, if yeah. folks who are listening to this now, if you've liked it, and if we've decided to go ahead and do the thing that I'm recommending that we do, yeah, uh, you may hear a second show on this. Yeah, and going deeper on the specific education uh, use cases. So that makes that makes a ton of sense to me. So. Uh, let us know how we're doing. Give us some feedback. Uh, the you know hopefully you'll be hearing more shows like this. Uh, the whole on whole on IQ twenty thirty show was really interesting. Mika reports interesting. Gartner hype cycles coming down the pike. Uh, we consume all this stuff. Uh, you know that's what uh, we think of as sort of our mission here at Trending in Education. And then think about how that relates to learning and education. Listen to us here. Follow us on at Trending and Ed. Uh, we'll be back again soon to talk about this and other things. But, uh, but yeah, just please continue to lean in, give us some feedback, and uh, keep on listening. Uh, so thanks for joining us on uh, Trending in Education. <laughs>